Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? We are back here for episode number 63 of Timberwolves Explosion. It is Monday, November the 15th, 2010, and uh, Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It also is usually posted on uh, timberwolvespress.com. And uh, I haven't done that the past few shows. I apologize. Just been kind of goofy. Granted, this show hasn't been around as much lately. And it will be uh, turning up a lot more now again. And I I apologize. The schedule got busy. And, of course, the lack of news for quite a while there in, like, the month of September and such. Just the malaise got boring. And it's like there wasn't really much to talk about. Yeah, I could have done a preview show. But I I was just beat with my schedule. So I apologize for that. Also been trying to get Marcus the Forecaster back on the air. Uh, obviously, that season preview we just we did about a month ago, three weeks ago, was phenomenal. I thank him very, very much for that. Thought we were going to get him on this weekend. It just did not work out. Came all so close, but it just did not work out. So here I am solo, Tim Rolls Explosion, hosted by Paladino Joey. Sorry for talking about nothing for so long, but <laughs> there you go. That's why we haven't been around. Yeah, the Timberwolves are now 3-9 and nine as of tonight, losing to the uh, Charlotte Bobcats. We're not going to uh, play the... Uh, we're, we're not going to review every game in detail. We're going to pretty much get the more detailed reviews starting this week. We're going to kind of go over the Timberwolves with a broad stroke in general uh, for the most part in this show today. And... Um, it's been a roller coaster ride. That's what it's been. It's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what can you say? They start out fairly. They start out with a competitive game against the Sacramento Kings. We're just going to get to that right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you get the start off with the Sacramento Kings. You barely lose at home. This, of course, Wednesday, the twenty seventh of October. You lose by one point to the Sacramento Kings. Just could not get it done at home against the Sacramento Kings. Wolves, by the way, playing pretty good against this team this year, huh? But uh, the Sacto boys, um, not just just could not get it done, but right in it. Very, very strong offense. Of course, giving up 117 isn't exactly the best thing you want from a team that has just struggled defensively in a big way. That was a wonderful season opener, though. It's just, doggone it. You know, when you, <laughs> when you lose by one point, it's like losing by 30 when it's a team like this because it's just yet another loss, just another freaking loss. Uh, you know, and, and it sucks. You know, moral victories, sure, there was one here along the way. We'll get to that one. That was on November the 9th. Yeah, I think a lot of you know what game that was because that uh, definitely moved the Wolves more in the right direction after that. I mean, the Wolves have played dramatically better since that game on November 9th. You guys will probably know what that one is. I'll be talking about that one shortly. But, yeah, they come home. They stay home, of course, for the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday the 29th. An extremely entertaining game. In fact, it was like, here we go. Here come the Timberwolves. This is so much fun. This is so much fun to be uh, <laughs> to see how much better this team is right now than they were last year. This is so much fun. This team is way better. Wesley Johnson, milk chocolate hitting his shots. Yeah, Webster isn't even in yet. Luke Ridnar looks like a stud on uh, Unfortunately, this so far was the best game of his uh, young Wolves career. The 29-year-old Luke Ridnar, the, the old man of the team, which makes me feel even older because I'm a 30-something at 31, unfortunately. Um, 
but a very, very, very fun game. Overall, though, no major star power going on here when you're thinking about that. I mean, Luke Ridnour stood out more than anybody. In fact, he led the Wolves in scoring in their first two games. That's kind of odd. In fact, it's really odd. I believe he also led the Wolves in scoring against Memphis, and in fact he did. That was the following night. So the Wolves go from very competitive basketball in the first two games to garbage. All of a sudden, it was an eye-opener the 30th of October. One other note real quick, though. The Wolves did start out the season with Wayne Ellington starting at the shooting guard position after I ranted a little bit about his... uh, Me and Marcus both did a little bit, but me especially. His shot selection was terrible. It's like, here we go, another Rashad McCants, another North Carolina, uh, North Carolina, not native, North Carolina product. I'm not really a big fan of North Carolina, folks, if if you can guess. At least not... For a long, long time, um, I'm I'm really not not impressed with North Carolina players in the NBA, including Vince Carter. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Um, Wayne Ellington. Boy, and I gotta stop making that sound, don't I? <laughs> I, I yeah, my mouth. Okay. Um, Wayne Ellington started at the shooting guard position. Last year, his IQ seemed to be awfully high. He seemed to be like quite a steal at the 28th pick. This year, I'm not so sure anymore. I mean, last year, he he was a lot smarter, a lot more precise, really well-timed passing. Never, I mean, really almost never could you say, oh, come on, Wayne, what the hell are you doing, man? Whereas this year, that's basically what what we're saying all the time. And that's sad. Like, what happened to the guy? Did his IQ drop 20 points this summer? Like, did he... Did he go to school, the school of, of, of dumb? I mean, I, I just don't understand what got into Wayne Ellington. His maturity level dropped a lot as a player. I hope it changes. Uh, unfortunately for him, he went from the starting lineup to he is out of the rotation, a la Rashad McCants. Yeah, Wayne Ellington, as of right now, is out of the uh, starting rotation. Michael Beasley was amazing early on in the preseason. And, of course, the preseason does count more than people think because guys like Jermaine O'Neal went from a whole lot of nothing in Portland to a star in Indiana. And you could see it that he was going to come out to be a star in that preseason. I mean, it was plain as day. Like, look at this guy. Wow. He's a lot better than uh, some people probably thought with Portland. He was just this, you know, 12 guy off the bench type of guy in Portland. Goes to Indiana. He's a he's a, he, he's an all-star. He's a multi-time all-star with the Pacers. You could see it coming. Uh, Beasley early on, you could see something coming. And then he really, really hit a wall. Couldn't hit any shots. Kind of came into the year just a mediocre, not so great. You know, he's good, but he's not that good. Kind of a 16, 17 points a game guy. And then as we get later into this, and as we get into this past week, oh my God, Michael Beasley has been ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I'm going to talk extensively about Michael Beasley as we get later in the show. So again, forgive the digressing, but then again, this is a term, this is about the Timberwolves. Yeah, that's just all that matters at this point, because early on, you know, I gotta kind of go over what took place. Kevin Love, uh, yeah, we'll talk about him a little bit. The Houston game, something took place there, as well. Unfortunately, Kevin Love and Michael Beasley type of little bit of weird thing going on. Kevin Love, pretty much the whole season up until well last week. See, the positivity just took over last week, didn't it? Kind of looking like, kind of looking like a negative. I don't want to use the the c word cancer because yeah, what Garnett said wasn't really good, and uh, yeah, a lot of people don't like using that word anymore because it's sensitive. 
I'm not the most sensitive person on the planet. I don't dig sensitive stuff all the time, but uh, yeah, that's kind of let's just be careful with that one. Um, speaking of being sensitive, though, a lot of us Timberwolves fans are awfully sensitive to bad basketball because we've seen way too much of it the last couple of years, especially the last year or two. Um, and that Memphis game, the game in Memphis on October the 30th, Happy Halloween, Timberwolves fans. Trick or treat, well, it's a trick because the Wolves are getting... Just they got... They were un- completely uncompetitive here on out in that game. They lose 109-89 to 89 in a very uninspired effort. Just garbage. Very uninspired effort by the Timberwolves, the Timber Pups, whatever you want to call them in this game. I just was not impressed at all. Um, terrible game. Marcus, the forecaster, who I wish was sitting next to me right now commenting on it would say the same. I mean, it was a complete eye-opener. And, oh, boy, our eyes were opening pretty big the next four games after this. This this uh, started a six-game losing streak that was that would rival, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was some of the ugliest six games you'll ever see, ever. Terrible basketball. Well, okay, five. The Laker game was not that bad. That was just the sixth loss in a row. So excuse me there. Nothing really else I'm going to want to even say about that Memphis game other than it was terrible. Uh, Michael Beasley also, no, was hurt in the Miami game. Now, this is when the eye-opener really started to happen. Welcome to November, November the 2nd, Tuesday. We go to visit the Miami Hydra, and the Timberwolves got burned by the Dragon in this game. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, not Chris Bosh, by the way, who who sucks. (laughs) Chris Bosh, you know... Yeah. I just, you know, the last two years, I just stopped liking the guy. I used to think he was, like, the next Kevin Garnett almost. And then last year, it's like, oh, this guy saw. He, he's not that good. He's he's overrated. Yes, he is. Chris Bosh is overrated. Um, and, uh, yeah. You'd also think that with the Heats, and I'll get into time into Darko Milicic here. You'd also think with a team with the Heat, like the Heat, that whenever they play against a big man, that big man goes off. I mean, a guy like Dwight Howard, who's not a high-scoring guy, goes off for, you know, 30 points uh, on them, like like effortless. A lot of us are wondering why the hell the Magic didn't use him more in the second half. It was kind of weird. Uh, Miami's interior defense and interior game in general is horrible. It's a major weakness, and in fact, it just it's probably going to cost them a chance to win a championship right now, though I do see them winning at least one or two long-term with this with this group, but uh, the Wolves look, or the, the Heat, excuse me, looked like NBA champions on this night, because it was one of those games where the Timberwolves come out and play okay, you know, it's like not great, like not really any reason to believe they're out firing from all cylinders or anything, but not horrible either. Yet, the Miami Heat go ahead, well, let's see, was well, it 27-23 or something around that range, and the next thing you know, it's 46 to 29. And then, oh, it's 84 to like 53. And it's like, oh my God. Why do we have to, why, is it, why do we have to revert back to this crap? Why do we have to revert back to this again? The Wolves end up losing by 32 to the Miami Heat. 129 to 97. Of course, 129 points given up in regulation. It's like, is Kurt Rambis going to get fired? Or what's the deal here? I mean, because we're really, we're, we're going back to this again. And the reason why you ask if Kurt Rambis is going to get fired, it's, well, as this week continues, outside of the Atlanta game, which was semi, 
competitive, not really, on Friday the 5th. Uh, the Wolves travel a little bit west to central Florida to play the Orlando Magic and play even worse. And yes, they played dramatically worse against the Orlando Magic. I mean, <laughs> Matt Anderson was hitting threes on the Wolves as if he just, he was just, he was just at practice. He's just at practice for fun. Just, ah, oh, what the heck. You know, I'm just going to throw the ball up in the air and it's going to go in because nobody's guarding me anyway. I'm, I'm just practicing. I mean, I'm just pretending people are guarding me. Nobody's there. You know, perimeter defense. There, there isn't perimeter defense. I'm just practicing. Man, man, I had five in a row. Hey, let's see if I can, let's see if I can make twelve like I did yesterday. Well, it's basically what it was like with Matt Anderson. He did not hit twelve in a row. But when you see role players who are good role players like Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Anderson, um, yeah, like he was hitting those big shots. Not even big shots. What big shots? It wasn't a close game. Excuse me. Uh, when he was hitting shots with little to no resistance. Okay, no resistance. It's like this is a... Here we go again. Are we really reverting back to this crap again? Well, at least for this week we did. That was a horrible, horrible visit to Florida. You guys might want to put your golf clubs away and start concentrating on basketball. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they were doing that, but... Uh, Mentally, they weren't in these games. It was horrible. And, okay, now that I keep digressing around like crazy. Like I was talking about the whole center position with Miami. Not quite the same with Orlando, but uh, Darko Milicic did not score a point against the Miami Heat. Uh, other centers score at them like Will. Like Shaq looked like he was a lot younger against the Heat. The fact that, you know, the Celtics being 2-0 and against them is an indicator that the Heat are in trouble, actually, this year to their chances of winning a championship are actually... Have dropped significantly. Yeah, a lot of us are seeing some weaknesses early and often with them. Um, Darko Milicic's offensive game, <laughs> until maybe the last two games here, ha- has completely not happened. I mean, it's like it's non-existent. You'd figure last year the excuse was okay, he's out of shape and he didn't practice all year. Not only didn't play in games, but didn't even practice, which is very unprofessional as far as I'm concerned. Um, but this summer he practiced like crazy, I'm sure, I would think. He's in dramatically better shape. He smiles. He actually smiles this year more like regularly. He was he smiled later last year at the end more regularly. But, yeah, he looks happy here. He just he still can't hit shots. Uh, his defense is phenomenal, though, and I'm going to give him all the credit in the world for that. Uh, the rebounding isn't even that good, really, for a guy his size. You can't box out a little more than that. You can't get a little more rebounds. Okay, Kevin Love probably steals about 50% of what Darko Milicic could be getting. But still, come on, you could get more than, than what he's getting, like five, six a game. That's kind of frustrating a little bit for a starting center. Um, the field goal percentage down in the 20s at this point. Just, wow. Like the 1 for 7s, the 0 for 5s. Yuck. And, and a guy, again, his size, why not be a little more aggressive to the basket and scratch off that little baby hook crap? It's... I don't know why so many centers in this day and age like the baby hook shot. Be a little more aggressive because if you are, you're you're probably going to be averaging double-digit points a game with little to no effort, frankly. It's just, <laughs> come on. Come on, man. That Orlando game sucked big time. In fact, it was 100-61 to 61 at the end of the uh, third quarter. And it's like, are you serious? 
you get 100 points in three quarters, yet we give up another 28 in the fourth. Another 28 after we're already down by that much. Are you... Are you <laughs> this is beyond belief! That's like historically, unspeakably bad. Like, what the heck was that? Are you serious? I guess they temporarily are. Um, yeah, we're happy for them there. And no, I'm not sitting on your piling on because we got some major positivity to get to, but still. Those games brought back last year to me, and it just sucked. So now they play the Atlanta Hawks Friday in the Target Center. By the way, the Memphis game was a quote unquote the first quote unquote iPod game of the year. You know, league pass this year. It's a, a Droid game because it's on my Droid Incredible instead of the iPod Touch this year, so I can actually be somewhere instead of just to have to be on Wi-Fi to watch a game. But yeah, there you go. There's your first iPod or Droid game of the year. We'll we'll call it from now on. Uh huh. There were a couple this past week, by the way, including that beautiful Knicks game. Houston Rockets, I believe, was another droid game, and in fact it was. No, no, that was not a droid game. Uh, we'll get to the Atlanta game first. That was a droid game, and that was a bad game. The Wolves lose by 10, 113-103. It looked worse. It felt worse. Uh, lots of turnovers. The Wolves all over the place. Crazy. But more competitive than the, than the Florida trip, so... Oh, goody. <laughs> this is about when... Uh, now, of course, Michael Beasley also was out after the Miami game and the Orlando game and the Atlanta game. Returned for the Houston game. Beasley, of course, hurt his hip falling down, so I'll get to that. Uh, Ridnar also hurt in the Houston game. Just like, come on, man. Like, one injury after another. Frustrating along the way. Wolves have to count on uh, the, <laughs> the likes of Sebastian Telfair who's been a lot better than a lot of us expect, yet he still takes dumb shots on occasion. But, hey, he is better than a lot of us thought. <sighs> oh, jumping around like a maniac. I'm sorry. We'll get we'll get better here. <laughs> that Atlanta game, though, I don't know. It was okay, but nothing really of note as far as I'm concerned that I really even want to get into it. It just it wasn't that great of a game. And, uh, you know, we just want to move on here. The Houston game, again, there are some notes. Uh, the game was horrible. It was a horrible game, 120 to 94. Another one of those deals where it's like, this is when I really was wondering if Kurt Rambis is going to be on the hot seat here in the next couple of weeks. And in fact, he would have been if there wasn't a resurgence two days later. I got to think he would have been. <laughs> because this is off the charts ridiculous. The Houston Rockets hadn't won a game, they, they, and the Wolves, it's one of those deals again 27 23, 57. 29, 84, 46. It's like, what the heck is this? How much more can I? How much more can any of us tolerate it? I don't know. And there was also a major, major thing to note here in this game. Kevin Love kind of was was on the ground or whatever, like a physical whatever, you know, play. They were going to take him out of the game. He just was pouting, kind of mumbling to himself. Michael Beasley came over and said, hey, hang in there, way to go, whatever, something like that. You know, rah, rah, re, whatever. Kevin Love ignored him, ignored other teammates as they tried to high-five or fist-pump, whatever, fist-pound him. And and then Michael Beasley just looked over to Karabas, get him out of the game. Just, 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 just leave him, just don't put him back in the game. Just don't put him back in the game. And, uh, yeah, 
it's like, uh-oh, chemistry problems, and it's not because, of, and it's nothing wrong with Beasley, it's Kevin Love's attitude. Beasley, I love Michael Beasley's attitude. The guy has completely uh, taken a uh, 180 here from last year in the Miami Dol- Dolphins, Miami Heat. It's uh, I'm very happy. I'll get more into him very shortly. As we get to the Sacramento game, I'm going to probably talk extensive Michael Beasley conversation because <laughs> that's when it begins, folks. So now we head to the L.A. game. This game was wonderful. Very competitive basketball. To our, to our surprise, to our shock, the Timberwolves were competitive throughout the entire game. Kevin Love had 23 points and 24 rebounds and 5 assists. But that's not enough to work with? Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, no, it wasn't enough to work with, even though you'd hope and wish it was. It just wasn't, but still, it was a very competitive game. Michael Beasley only one rebound, much to some people's chagrin, but hey, Kevin Love stole a lot of them away. Uh, Michael Beasley, also 6 of 15, certainly not an indicator of what he was going to do in the coming night. Sebastian Telfer all over the place, very solid in the game, hit some three-pointers with that uh, like catch-and-shoot in the triangle. That's where Telfair's value comes. Of course, the nine assists were very wonderful. He had a couple of lousy turnovers. In fact, the whole starting lineup had three or more turnovers in this game. That was really the Wolves' undoing down the stretch. Uh, another exchange in this game, which was extremely interesting, you know, and this makes me hate Derek Fisher more than I already do. Marcus actually hates him more than I do. Derek Fisher is known for all his flopping. His cheap ticky-tack fouls that he gets all the calls for all the time. And everybody's sick of him. I mean, if you have a pulse, you're sick of this SOB. Yep, we love, we appreciate, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote clutch. Okay, we appreciate the clutch shots you've hit down the stretch. Though at the same time, if you don't like if you don't like the Lakers, you're flat sick of this guy. And, uh, yeah, we understand what happened with your, uh, what's going on with your daughter. And we also appreciate that, uh, you know, Things continue to get better for her and your family, but we don't have to like you as a basketball player, and we don't like you as a basketball player. In fact, most of us don't, and here's why. Wesley Johnson got called for a charge on the most blatant flop maybe in, maybe in history, or at least a top 10 all-time like blatant, just cheap flop. He looked at the ref like, are you serious? That's not a foul, man. And... <laughs> This is where the frustration comes in. Derek Fisher looks at Wesley Johnson and basically is like, who the bleep are you, rookie? Of course that was a charge. Who do you think you are, rookie? Get off my court. You know, that's basically, or get out of here, kind of basically is what he's saying. That's where the frustration comes in there. Um, Outside of that, a very entertaining game. The Wolves played well, but just could not get it done down the stretch. Unfortunately, but a surprisingly entertaining, solid game. And it wasn't because the Lakers played poorly. It's because the Wolves played extremely well, and they get one of these. And Darko Milicic played one of his better games of the year overall, 5 of 11 from the floor, 10.7 rebound game, including two blocks. Now, he's averaging about 2.3 a game this year. That's where, again, his defense has been phenomenal for this team. And he looks like a starting center in this league, at least in that side of things. Now, this is when, of course, the positivity really starts to improve for the likes of Michael Beasley, Kevin Love, and Darko Milicic. 
because we're going to head to the Sacramento game. Now, not so much the Sacramento game for uh, Kevin Love. He played better down the stretch. In fact, he was scoreless or had like two points for like the longest time. Couldn't hit his free throw. Couldn't even hit his free throws. This was the following night, folks. After getting beat by the Lakers in a pretty emotional game, you got to think that the Wolves might be in a little bit of trouble. But they weren't. But they weren't in trouble at all. In fact, they went 98-89 to against the Sacramento Kings. And uh, this was, that wasn't, the, that wasn't the amazing part. The amazing part is Michael Beasley, in his first year with the team at age 21, you know, <laughs> at age 21, Michael Beasley had 42 points. Holy crap, Batman! And it was a beautiful 42 points. The guy was all over the place. The guy was amazing. Um, just Michael Beasley. You can't say enough of this effort. And the good part is, this got him going, folks. This got him going on a run that is that continued into tonight. Michael Beasley has not failed to score 25 or more points since this very night. And that is fantastic. Fantabulous. Michael Beasley. 17-31 from the floor overall. Nine rebounds to go along with his 42 points. Just amazing game for Michael Beasley. Absolutely love it. Darko Milicic, another solid effort. 9.8 rebound, 4 assists effort for Michael Beasley. Again, uh, Wesley Johnson. Here's the guy. See, that's the funny part. As great as Michael Beasley played in this game, look how good Wesley Johnson's numbers could have been had he gotten a chance to shoot the ball more. He was 5 of 8 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3-point range, 12 points overall. Who knows how many points Wesley Johnson would have had if he had a chance to shoot, too. Um, I'm really starting to like that trio right there. And it's just like, wow. I mean, what were they thinking putting Wayne Ellington in the starting lineup over Wesley Johnson when we're starting to see that the guy, at minimum, could be a wonderful third option on the offensive side of the ball? He, he could be the number three guy for this team easily, if not maybe number two someday. But right now, a awesome number three. A really good number three, and that's without even Martel Webster on this lineup. The positivity on the Timberwolves started the previous night in Los Angeles. Again, that was November the 9th. November the 10th, though, the positivity, the euphoria surrounding the Wolves is phenomenal. Because Michael Beasley has 42 points already. Kevin Garnett, <laughs> I, Kevin Garnett is a wonderful player. But 42 points didn't happen very often. Ironically, it tended to happen against the Sacramento Kings when he'd have those rare 40-point games. Michael Beasley scoring 40 points looks like, I mean, the way he did it, it looks like something he's going to be able to do several times in his career. Kevin Garnett, no. That's just not who he is. The intangibles, the defense, wonderful. But Michael Beasley could go down as the best scorer in the history of the Timberwolves. He, he very well could if he keeps his head on straight and he stays healthy. He could go on to be the best scorer in the history of this team. Obviously, Kevin Garnett being here for 12 years, it's going to take forever for Beasley to get the 20,000-point range. To even dent Kevin Garnett's all-time uh, points record for the Wolves. But if the guy sticks around and keeps his head on straight, who knows how high he, he will go. I mean, I have a very... <laughs> I mean, I, it's very exciting. The guy was taken number two overall for a reason. Um, yes, he was very disappointing in Miami. But not only is Michael Beasley showing 
that offensive flair, his na- the knack of offensive talent. And, of course, you know, you know, you know there's been going to be up and down, especially at the age of 21, especially in a new team and all that stuff, but especially at the age of 21 um, and the fact he's a little goopy. But not only does he have that offensive ability, and clearly he's the number one scoring option on this team, maybe not the franchise player yet, but I think he's got the personality to be the franchise player. I mean, Kevin Gar- Kevin Love sure the hell doesn't. Yeah, Kevin Love has a nice smile, and he's, you know, he's not a complete, you know, he's not a jerk in front of the camera necessarily. <laughs> I wouldn't even necessarily say he's a jerk. He's just he's just bitchy, basically. He's Kevin Love um, when things aren't going so well, and he admits it openly. But Michael Beasley has the personality to be to be that that face of the franchise, I think, and he has the scoring ability at very least to be the face of the franchise. And he also, Michael Beasley this year, for the first time in, in his uh, young NBA career, is showing signs of leadership. He very well could be the leader of this team as we move forward. He's showing signs of, of leadership, and I'm, I'm very impressed with that. He, he just looks different. He doesn't look like the, the bug-eyed <laughs> bunghole he was last year in Miami and, and the year before. I mean, he just looked like a guy who, did, who just didn't really have an identity, but that identity is really starting to take place here in Minnesota, and my God, are we lucky to not only have not, I mean, not, I mean, we didn't get, we didn't have the number two pick for him, we had to get, we had the third, ended up trading it to get Kevin Love at fifth from the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, and better cap contract, cap friendly contracts in return to go along with Kevin Love for O.J. Mayo, <clears throat> but now we got Michael Beasley for two second round picks, and uh, <laughs> hey, very exciting. I just, I'm really happy with Michael Beasley. Uh, um, yeah, I remember when Nigel Southern, and we're going to get to you later too, we're going to get to Nigel Southern's post on the Facebook group for uh, Timberwolves Explosion. We'll get to that very shortly, along with some a couple of tweets from Bob from Minneapolis and Megan, who works for the Minnesota Lynx. Very cool. People who tweeted back to me during the Sacramento game. In fact, we're going to get to that right about now here in a second. Um, this game was an eye-opener on of the very positive side. It just, I, I was so happy. Here's another thing to be somewhat happy for. DeMarcus Cousins not looking all so great in Sacramento. Played only about 14 minutes, had four turnovers. Did have seven points and six rebounds and two blocks. Not horrible, but certainly dysfunctional. And um, that's, a, that's another eye-opener in that sense. No guarantee that Wesley Johnson's going to have a better career the DeMarcus Cousins, but I got to think he's off to a better start than D.C. is in Sacno, the capital of California. But um, we'll get to those tweets right now. <clears throat> Bob from Minneapolis, Bob Stanky. I hope I'm saying your name right, Stanky. He says, yes, this was very fun. I mean, very fun to watch the new-look Wolves. My goal of 33 wins might be lofty, but hoping we can break past that 15 mark. I think so. When you see what Kevin Love and uh, Michael Beasley do as we move forward here, it's just, woo-wee, this is getting very exciting. And Megan, who works for the Wolves, Megan Lubuck, I just, yeah, I'm sorry if I'm screwing up your last names. I don't know if you're listening. I'm, I'm Bob is. Megan, I'm not sure yet if she is. She says it, definitely, it was definitely a great game. Fun to get a win before heading into Friday's game versus the Knicks. And, uh, woo yeah, boy, what a uh, momentum setter that was. <laughs> and little did people know what was to come. 
not only did Michael Beasley get 42 points against the uh, Sacramento Kings, and not only was he able to follow it up with 35 more against the New York Knicks. 35 points against the New York Knicks for Michael Beasley. Yes, that's right. It happened, folks. It happened. Not only did the Timberwolves win 112 to 103, <laughs> but Kevin Love. Yeah, he had 31 points in the game. Oh, but that's right. He had 31 rebounds as well. Oh my god! 31 rebounds for Kevin Love. A 30-30 game, the first since 1982 by Moses Malone. Carl Malone never did it. David Robinson never did it. Shaq hasn't done it. Kevin Garnett, of course, hasn't done it. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. And no, I'm not saying Kevin Love's going to have a better career than any of those guys, but oh my God. That is some, I mean, I, I think only six players have done it in history, and Kevin Love is one of them. And oh my God, Kevin Love. What a game. What an effort. What a fun night for the Wolves in general. And what a, what a good night by the quote-unquote big three in Minnesota. The Wolf Pack three, whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with a nickname sometime. Beasley was 16 of 29 from the floor. 35 points. He also got four assists and six rebounds and two steals. He even blocked a shot. Kevin Love, of course, 31 points, 31 rebounds, and and five assists. Pretty, pretty amazing indeed. But here's another stat that will, uh, again, tell you, like, oh, my. Oh, my. I mean, Wesley Johnson, at some point, when he's able to get more shot attempts, and they're going to give some shots to him sometimes. Beasley and Love clearly are the two are the big are the two the two studs right now on this team, and it's a beautiful thing. It it really is. It really is. Wesley Johnson was six of nine from the floor. And he he played about thirty eight minutes, by the way. Three of five from three point range, fifteen points, three assists, three rebounds, and three blocks. Four rebounds, excuse me, and three blocks. Wesley Johnson again. There it is. Right now, he's your third best player. There's no doubt about it and a really damn good third-best player. Corey Brewer has become a very strong sixth man as well. He played about 30 minutes, shot over 50%, good for 12 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 steals in the game. A strong effort by Corey Brewer off the bench. He clearly, again, is the, is the sixth man on this team, and he's, he's really sliding into that role fairly well. Also, got to note this real quick. Two things I got to note. Corey Brewer, not tendered for next year with the Timberwolves he will be a uh, a free agent at the end of this year the the Wolves well we'll see I mean it's up to him now he's gonna have to earn his next contract and um, clearly he's an NBA player he's looking pretty good off the bench would be I wouldn't mind bringing him back but I mean when you have Wesley Johnson and Martel Webster who I hope we keep long term I mean I think those two guys are just gonna be freaking awesome and, yeah, that's not including Love and Beasley. Oh. The the future for this team is a lot brighter than a lot of people think. It's really exciting. Um, yeah, unfortunately for Cody Brewer, he potentially is the odd man out, and that's a lot of why that took place. Just, you know, he's not as he's just not as good as Wesley Johnson or Marshall Webster. He's just not. I'm sorry to say. But the Wolves also do acquire. Huh, I'm going to bitch butcher this one. Sundiata Gaines, 
former Utah Jazz undrafted player. Or no, he was a late first-round pick, excuse me. Hasn't didn't really pan out. He played his first 11 minutes, and he got two turnovers, one point and one assist in the game, and was over four from the floor. But welcome to Minnesota, Mr. Gaines. And, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful victory over the New York Knicks, who got <laughs> Raymond Felton and uh, Danilo Gallinari had pretty nice games. But, boy, oh, boy, did they get overshadowed by Kevin Love and Michael Beasley. Kevin Love's game was historic. It actually put the Minnesota Timberwolves not only on the front page of the Yahoo Sports, it was there, but for a spell, the front page of Yahoo.com. That's right, the front page of Yahoo.com. That's ridiculous. It's amazing. We'll take it. I'm just... <laughs> I mean, this was the most thrilling thing. It was just so thrilling, so wonderful to see this take place. Just unfreaking believable Kevin Love. Now, here's a comment. Here we go. This, of course, courtesy of John Krasinski, AP sports writer. This is on Yahoo. Uh, at one point in the third quarter, Kevin Love leaned over to Michael Beasley on the bench and whispered in his ear, I'm going for a 30 tonight. With Love having only seven points at the time, Beasley looked at him and said, 30 what? Incredibly, Love was talking about rebounds, but he didn't stop there because he did also get 31, and, 31 rebounds and the 31 points. Just ridiculous. I just got a good mindset that every single one was mine, said Love, who had 23 points and 24 rebounds in the loss to the Lakers. It seemed no matter what anybody did, I was going to go and get those rebounds. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, Im- I- I'm impressed. I mean, I impressed myself. I don't even know what to say, to be honest with you, because, yeah, that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely ridiculous. Beasley chiming in on this feat. 30 years from now, I can say I was on the floor while history was being made. It's great. And we got the win, which, and we got the win. Just an amazing thing to watch and be a part of. Kurt Rabbis kind of chimes in. Kevin had an incredible game. Those numbers are just stupid. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, it was like that. Beasley, one more time. It's amazing. About every rebound came off the guy. 20 and 20 is one thing. But 30 and 30? Yeah. Exactly. 30 and 30. (laughs) Awesome. Just awesome. Kevin Love. Yep. Awesome. 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 Unfortunately, as the Wolves head south to Atlanta, Georgia, and Charlotte, North Carolina, that, of course, Sunday the 14th of November, and Monday, that's tonight, the 15th of November, not quite as positive. The Atlanta game was pretty messy, to be honest with you. It sure was. It was a messy game. Turnovers all over the place. This was another droid game, as we like to call it. A little frustrating. Not quite a uh, not quite a 30-30 effort by Kevin Love, but he did manage to get 22 and 17. No assists, though. Five turnovers instead. Was blocked four times and looked a little silly going against Al Horford, who uh, had three blocks in the game. A very frustrating game for the Wolves, ultimately. Yes, the turnovers, there were 21 of them. Actually, not as many as the L.A. game, believe it or not, but it felt like more. I mean, the starting lineup was horrible in the turnover category. Telfair had five turnovers. Love had turnover, five turnovers. And Beasley had five turnovers. It was pretty ugly, as mentioned. Tolliver becoming more of a force off the bench in this game. And he also was good tonight against the Charlotte Bobcats as well. So Anthony Tolliver, who was pretty quiet, really, for several games 
He was good in the preseason, was really quiet, though, most of the regular season so far. And uh, he's back now, back now with a vengeance. He was 5 of 7 from the floor and made 2 of 3 three-pointers, good for 13 points against the Hawks, but overall not a very good effort at all. Darko Milicic reverting back to his old 1 of 7 style, but again, also reverting, getting more blocks again. So I guess more on the defensive side. Only two rebounds in about 20 and a half minutes also by Darko Milicic. The other very uh, encouraging thing, Michael Beasley, they're 25 points on 10 of 16 shooting. So clearly his offensive game ain't going away. He's averaging about 21, 22 a game right now. And uh, I got to think... I got to think he can average 21 or 22 points a game without much, without really without really straining himself. I mean, I, I, I think he can average that, no doubt about it. We'll see just how high this young man is going to go, because it could be something very special indeed. As mentioned earlier, though, Sebastian Telfer also has been pretty good for this team. He has as the starting point guard filling in. He played almost 40 minutes against the Hawks. The five turnovers were terrible, but these other numbers are fantastic. Six of nine from the floor, he hit two of four from three, 18 points, eight assists, and three steals. Sebastian Telfair, very, very solid in the game. Uh, shot selection not nearly as bad as it had been earlier in the year. He's he, he's really getting a lot better. Um, I'm just, I'm frankly, I'm shocked, and the guy is definitely saving his career in the NBA right now. He's he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. This guy looked like he was at the end of the, at the end of the road, being a third string point guard could have been at the end of his road in the NBA. But now playing for that new contract, I'm thinking he's going to be kept around somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if it's here or not. Though as a third stringer, I wouldn't I wouldn't shoot myself over that. Um, yeah, you don't have to invest in Sebastian Telfair. To be your franchise saver. You don't have to do that. Not even to be your backup. As I don't want him to be the backup. I'll take Luke Ridnour. Even though his numbers probably aren't as good as Sebastian Telfer's right now. I don't think his numbers would be. But uh, believe it or not. Which is again is weird saying that. Considering how critical I was of this young man. <laughs> Just a few years ago. Yeah Sebastian Telfer. Mm, insane. Insane. Uh, what a game indeed. By Bassey. Unfortunately, though, the Wolves very uncompetitive for the, uh, at stretches in this game. They trailed by 20 at a point. They made a couple comebacks. But nothing, again, nothing amazing. Again, yep, we'll get to that Facebook group here in a second. Just so many games to review. So, again, sorry, it's kind of taken a while to get to that, uh, Nigel. Also, really cool comment, a couple comments he made on there. As well, we'll get to the Charlotte game right now. See, this wasn't even going to be reviewed yet. It's going to be reviewed next week or something, but I guess I'll do it now. <laughs> Michael Beasley, amazing again tonight, folks. 28 points, 12 of 25 from the floor. Yes, under 50%, but not by much. <laughs> Another fantastic game by Michael Beasley. Clearly the offensive weapon on this team. In fact, he shot nine more attempts than anybody else on the team. Kevin Love shot 50%, 20 point nine I mean nine rebounds in the game no assistic for the second game in a row Darko Milicic I think and Michael Beasley overall stood out in this game in a big way along with Tolliver and Brewer and Gaines Gaines stood out in this game yeah for a little stretch in the second quarter and in the third Mr. Gaines 
had was four or five from the floor, including a three-pointer over ten points in about 17 and a half minutes. I don't know where it came from. I'll take it. Tulliver had 13 points. Brewer had 11. Very solid. But Darko Milicic was amazing in this game. Not necessarily on the offensive side of the ball. Only 5 of 11 from the floor for 13 points. But the four blocks, four, five assists and 12 rebounds in this game by Darko Milicic. Looking like a starting center right now. He played almost 38 minutes in the game as well. Um, the Wolves, though, led almost the entire game. It led after the first quarter, then it was tied at halftime. Yeah, the Wolves kind of let go a teeny tiny bit in the third, but not that bad. They took a nice nine-point lead. They were up 99-90 to at one point in this game. And to see it slip away the way it did in Charlotte, North Carolina, was very, very frustrating. Because the Wolves lose 113-110. to Just, I don't know what happened, and it's frustrating. I don't know why the Wolves failed in this game. It just, it was very hard to, to, very hard to swallow. It just, 99-90, to and you can't hang on. Just the defense on this team fell apart. Lots of turnovers down the stretch. Could not believe it. Unbelievable clutch shots and big steals by the Miami, no, Miami Dolphins, by the uh, Charlotte Bobcats ended up doing in the Wolves. Again, as mentioned, the turnovers and the clutch shots by the Charlotte Bobcats. This time, Michael Jordan was in attendance, yelling out to his team, and uh, we're happy for him, I guess. Gerald Wallace, pretty dang amazing in this game. Gerald Wallace and Steven Jackson, as always, beating the Wolves up pretty good down the stretch. I mean, the Wolves had this game won, and they could not get it done. Pretty frustrating. Larry Brown chimes in. This team needed to step up and make big plays late and be rewarded for it. It feels good to finally get over the hump. That was <laughs> Gerald Wallace right there. Beasley. I feel like it was my fault today. I don't feel good at all. My two turnovers changed the game. And like I said, yeah, the turnovers really did kill the Wolves down the stretch. Very, very frustrating indeed. Another big play that just drove people crazy. Anthony Tulliver made contact with... with <laughs> yeah, he made contact with Gerald Wallace on a three-point shot. A desperation three-point shot. That was frustrating. Uh, yep. Kurt Rambis' comment is when it came down to it, our defense let us down. We couldn't get the stops that we needed at critical junctures in the game. And, yeah, that's for sure. They just could not stop him at all. Steven Jackson says it feels good to get a win at home. Hopefully we can make it contagious, continue to win at home, and get our fans back in here. And, yeah, okay. I don't even know why I read so much of those guys, but <laughs> it's the turnovers down the stretch that screwed the Wolves. They're leading by nine with, what, two, two and a half minutes left. I just can't believe the Wolves could not come out with this one. And uh, uh, Yuck. That was painful. Now the the rest of the week, it's well, we got the L.A. Clippers on Wednesday, the L.A. Lakers on Friday the 19th, Wednesday, of course, the 17th. Oklahoma City, we visit Oklahoma City next Monday the 22nd. Uh, well, I'll be reviewing at least the, the L.A. games next, probably Oklahoma City. I probably won't do the Wolves show until next Monday or Tuesday. So uh, there you go right there. Let's get to that Facebook group immediately. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. I forgot to mention that. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. 
please do give that a follow. I tweet during games and, uh, you know, not always, but uh, sometimes during games when I, you know, when I'm able to get on Twitter and such and all that good stuff. So please do give that a tweet, uh, follow. That'd be great. Also, the Facebook group, Timberwolves Explosion, Facebook, Timberwolves, your Facebook accounts, click on the, uh, go to the search bar, type in Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves Show, and then please join it indeed. Nigel Southern comments that, uh, excuse me, he wishes this, uh, will the real Timberwolves please stand up? That was about, that was early in November at the start of it. And it's like, yeah, it's because it's like they started out good, and then here we go, back to this again. Like, will the real Timberwolves please stand up? Yeah, that because that Florida trip was ridiculous. Nigel comments also, wishes this site had more contributors, and I agree. And that's a good segue to what I'm about to say here. Yeah, I mean, there are 65 members in this group. There are well over triple-digit listeners to the show, regular listeners to the show. Uh, hey, you know, I know you're out there. Please do... Uh, Comment on the face on the Facebook page, Facebook group, excuse me, for Timberwolves Explosion. Now, I'm not complaining at anybody. It's just, hey, I'd like some more involvement. It'd be nice. Nigel, thank you always for your involvement. It does not go unnoticed. It's just, I'm so grateful for it. I can't even tell you. And, uh, yeah, I wish we could have more contributors on there. It'd be nice. And I, I think we deserve more. Um, this show is a lot of fun to do. I mean, it's like my pride and joy. I just love doing this show so much, and uh, I, I understand the malaise beyond the on the organization for all these years. But the Beasley love thing and Wesley Johnson is starting to get extremely exciting. And just you guys wait until Martel Webster steps on that court; it's going to be fun. All right, Nigel Southern, one more time: thirty-one and thirty-one. Let the numbers sink in. First thirty, thirty games since nineteen eighty-two. Go, K Love, Beasley, and and Love showing what can be done. Keep it up, guys. And oh my God, do I agree on that. And what a fun night that was. Indeed, again, that Friday night game. That was just something you never thought you'd see. I mean, you knew Kevin Love's a great rebounder. We were even saying, yeah, he could be the best rebounder in the league. Now it's like, he def- yeah, he definitely is the best rebounder in the league, but 31, 31. I mean, that's Dennis Rodman level. Nobody could have saw that coming. Not even for a guy as good a rebounder as Kevin Love is. Ridiculous. And Michael Beasley scoring in the upper 20s and low 30s and mid 30s and even low 40s in one game. I mean, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Pun intended for Kevin Love. I'm just, uh, Beasley is a beast. I'm just so thrilled with how the Beasley-Love combination is starting to, to take shape. It is something, it, it could be something very, very special. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully the Kevin Love uh, negativity goes away forever and that this is ends up being a really nice winning organization once and for all. And I think the possibilities for that are starting to climb, ladies and gentlemen. I just said that on the air, yes. You're in episode 63 of Timberwolves Explosion. <laughs> this was a fun, emotional show. It did not take any breaks. And I hope you guys enjoyed it, because I sure the hell did. I hopefully can get Marcus the Forecaster on soon for episode 64. Um... If not, though, I'm going to be back regardless. I mean, we'll we'll get him on again, though, because it's just he's fun to have on here. Makes the show wonderful. 
it's it's some good stuff. I just love it. I love doing it so very much. So yeah, as mentioned, Timberwolves Explosion is available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. So yes, on the sportsstuff.com we do have message boards. In the upper right hand corner, simply click the button that says TSS boards, then click register, get your screen name going. And just like the NFL, like I say on Purple Mafia, the NBA is split up in divisions as well. So you could talk about kind of everybody in the division. Not just the Wolves, but I mean, obviously, you're going to talk about the Wolves. Maybe there's fans of the Dallas Mavericks, and I know there's at least one guy out there, Darren. <laughs> Don't know if he's listening, but Mavs fan out there and others. But there's also uh, lots of guys who are universal NBA fans like myself. We love the whole NBA. Yes, we have our favorite team that we cover and follow very closely. But we know we have knowledge of the whole league because we love it so much and we're experienced. The rest of the rusty out there. Rusty, who hosts the crossover along with PMAC. Rusty, of course, a New Jersey Nets fan. PMAC, a New York Knicks fan, both from Australia. Just phenomenal. The crossover, one of the best shows I've ever listened to. I just, and I say that with full sincerity. I mean, not only is it good, it's entertaining, and I try to do that on this show as well with my own perspective, my own sense of humor, my own personality. (laughs) I mean, you're getting personality on this show because I love this team I love this sport, and you know, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give it my all all the time. Just love it so much, and uh, you will love the crossover oh so much. The sportsstuff.com and iTunes. You don't have to like the Knicks or Nets, but you will like Rusty and PMAC, just like I do. And I don't mind the Knicks or Nets either, though I do like the Knicks a little bit more. Sorry about that, Rusty. Um, <clears throat> yeah. There's the Brian Cushes. He used to host the Chicago Bulls, uh, running with the Bulls. He may bring it back someday, but he doesn't do it right now. But he's just ridiculously knowledgeable about the game of basketball, the NBA. There's Tarek. There's um, Clipper UK. That's Gavin Jackson from the uh, from the UK, of course. Just phenomenal. Just phenomenal dudes out there. NY Buddha. Of course, a big Knicks fan who lives in Florida now, but uh, very knowledgeable. Just ridiculously knowledgeable about the game of basketball. Uh, those are the kind of people you love to interact with and talk NBA with. And there it is on the sportsstuff.com. Go on there, get registered, and there you go. Also, one final thing a note. Do call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Do give it a listen. Enjoy. Or, excuse me, do give your opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's late at night, so sorry for being loopy there. Do, uh... Give your opinion, your shout-out question, comment. Bob from Minneapolis, hey, haven't heard from you in forever. Call in. It'd be great to hear from you again. It really would. Because there's a lot of positivity going on. Come on out here and join the party. Because this is a fun team. This is a lot more fun team to cover than it was last year. Even though they were more entertaining than the previous year, the, the, win law, the, the scoreboard was pretty ugly last year in some of those games. So, yeah. Please give us a call, guys, out there. I know there's somebody out there. That would like to call in and just haven't done it yet, please do. Would appreciate it very much. Also, don't forget to rate Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes. I would love that very much. Go out there, give me a nice positive rating if you like the show. Give us a nice positive rating and some comments of why you like the show. Would be great to hear from you on iTunes. None of you have to do any of that. But hey, if you want to help the show, please, please do. So we'll be back next week to talk more Wolves. Hopefully there's some more wins here. Let's beat those Clippers and Lakers as they come to visit the Target Center this week. Take care, everybody. Bye.